AM 1060 KDUS Tempe Phoenix and KSLX HD2 Scottsdale Phoenix. It's now time to enter the sports zone with your host, Bob Kemp. Not allowed to go from an eligible to an ineligible player on back to back plays. Blitz coming, Mahomes. Man wide open! Touchdown, Chiefs and Skymore! Hurts looking for a block, and he gets there! He's in! We're tied at Super Bowl 57. Mahomes, pressure, lofting one, end zone incomplete. Juju Smith-Schuster couldn't catch up. There's a flag at the 10. Fire to the pass, holding, number 24, defense. Worst case scenario, you'll see James Bradbury. They're going to say he grabs him. He's got his left hand on his back. I don't know. Mike, listen, I think on this stage, I, I think you let him play. Just It changes the entire complexion of how this classic game is going to end. And the Kansas City Chiefs have won Super Bowl 57. Pachulia's going to come over. One shooter is open. Oh, the Bullbaker ran up. Aminu. Welcome back, Kevin Durant. Collins. Corner Whoa. three. Corner three. Whoa. More than a heat check. Fire for Des Cambridge. I got to see that one again. That was a regular shot. But degree of difficulty. And putting away tight games has been a major issue for Stanford this year. Michael O'Connell. He had three threes all season. He's got three in this game. And Stanford is up double digits on Arizona. Will Purdue foul. They will not. The improbable season has taken an impossible turn. Northwestern has beaten number one. Dial 602-260-1060. That's 602-260-1060. Or tweet the show at KDUSAM1060. And now, here's your sports own guide, Bob Kemp, on KDUSAM1060. And welcome to the Monday, February 13th edition of the Sports Zone. Not just the news and scores, the news and scores with analysis. In today's Sports Zone, right here on KDUS AM 1060 and KS Lux HD 2 100.7, Super Bowl 57. Did Andy Reid cement his coaching legacy with the Chiefs' second half performance? And should Bradbury versus Juju, Juju, he tried to say, been called defensive holding? Meanwhile, the Suns, do you approve of the Kevin Durant edition? The Sun Devils, what must they do? What must they improve the most down the stretch? The Wildcats, how important is it that they are the top seed in the West region? College basketball, who's the best team? And what else caught your eye since our last show? Here's today's scheduled lineup on the show, which is the most informative sports talk Monday through Friday. In moments, we'll have the introduction of today's pipeline. 10.15 or so Super Bowl 57 analysis with Nate Davis of USA Today. Might have a little look ahead uh, to next season with the Chiefs and the Eagles in addition to a review from last night's exciting contest. 10.30 interactive action at 602-260-1060, also the local roundup. We'll have what we think, at least what I think, is the latest on the Cardinals. 
Final segment of the Sports Zone to be the National Roundup, top by the latest line. From last night's Super Bowl, the closing line and some uh, line, line updates for today in uh, college and pro basketball time pending. Then after the Sports Zone from 11 to 1 o'clock, of course, it's the Extra Point hosted by Kayla. We might talk some more Super Bowl during that two-hour window. I'm guessing we might. All right, on to the pipeline we go. Time for today's Pipeline, where the host reveals the hot topics for discussion. And we start with the KDUS poll question at KDUS1060.com. And today's question is, did Andy Reid cement his coaching legacy with the Chiefs' second-half performance? And Kayla is here and has the early returns. I do indeed. And yes, out in front at 100% of the vote. Ooh. Okay. Andy Reid appeared headed to a 1-3 Super Bowl record, down 24-14, and Patrick Mahomes limping off the field at halftime. But Reid was masterful in the second half, and Mahomes was 13-14 of as the Chiefs scored on all four possessions, three touchdowns and a field goal when they were basically not trying to score a touchdown. It was the Chiefs' fourth playoff comeback victory in this run when they trailed by 10 or more points including both Super Bowl victories. Today's Twitter poll question, should James Bradbury versus Juju Smith-Schuster have been called defensive holding? And Kayla, what do we have here? No, 52% of the vote. Yes, 48%. This Ooh. is on Twitter at KDOS AM 1060. A little closer there. Bradbury, to his credit, was accountable, saying, quote, it was a holding penalty. I tugged on his jersey, tugged on the jersey, uh, end of quote. But let's face it. That was just one play, and uh, many of the, uh, you know, we, we've seen that called one way or the other in the 2020 season. And also, as uh, you heard from uh, some of the Eagles, including Nick Sirianno, it was just one play in a long game or something along those lines for him. In addition to that, uh, those two poll questions, anything from Super Bowl 57, certainly highly encouraged discussion. On the local front, the Suns have won 10 of their last 13 games. They finished 4-1 and one on the eight-day road trip against the Eastern Conference with a 117-104 victory on Friday night against struggling Indiana. So since we didn't get the chance to officially ask during Super Bowl week, are you in favor of the Suns trading Mikhail Bridges, Cam Johnson, and four first-round draft picks to the Nets for Kevin Durant and T.J. Warren? The Sun Devils escaped the Bay Area with a two-game sweep. ASU had lost five of its previous six games before winning the close games at Stanford and an overtime at Cal. What specifically does ASU need to do better to make a run to make the NCAA tournament over the next three weeks? The Wildcats were total no-shows at Stanford. The U of A's seven-game winning streak ended in an embarrassing fashion as Stanford shot better than 60% from the field and scored 88 points. How important is it that the U of A be the number one seed in the West region in the NCAA tournament? Spain, the Globe, Purdue lost for a second consecutive weekend. Northwestern on Saturday recorded its first ever victory over a number one ranked opponent. Northwestern scoring 17 of the final 20 points in the 64-58 victory at Evanston. Who is the best team in college basketball? 
Also, in addition to all these excellent topics and questions, what else caught your eye since our last show last Friday? That is today's Pipeline. We'll get to all these tremendous topics and much more during today's sensational one-hour radio extravaganza. Anything else on your mind falls into the general discussion categories, whether it is for the Pipeline or a sports topic on your mind, 602-260-1060, or you can tweet the show at KDUSAM1060 or twitter.com slash KDUSAM1060. Basically, the only rules are accuracy and objectivity. If you violate those rules, or if you're just simply bad, you will be the target of this. Coming up next, Corey will have a news update. That'll be followed by Super Bowl 57 analysis and some more NFL stuff with Nate Davis from USA Today. Once again, bottom of the hour to be phone call time, general discussion at that time, 602-260-1060. Also, we'll get to some local roundup. That'll include some Cardinals and time pending, some Suns, Sun Devils, and Wildcats from the weekend. And then, uh, as we uh, usually do, uh, we will conclude uh, the hour-long extravaganza with the national roundup, and we'll look back at the closing Super Bowl line in a couple of different locations across the planet and give you an idea how this uh, the uh, the public eventually got involved. The public eventually bet the Chiefs, and they eventually bet the over in that game last night. So we'll talk about that a little bit in the final segment. You listen to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KISS Lux HD2 100.7. James Out West featuring Ryan Brooks brings NFL, NBA, and local sports talk to you Monday nights at 7 here on KTUS AM 1060 and KTUS1060.com. And welcome back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KTUS AM 1060 and Cast Lux HD2 100.7. You're home to the Dan Patrick Show live Monday through Friday from 7 to 10 a.m. Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, and the Chiefs are Super Bowl champions for the second time in four seasons. Out to the KDUS hotline we go. We're now joined the Sports Zone by Nate Davis of USA Today. Nate, always a pleasure to talk to you. Thanks for making time this morning. I'm sure you got tons going on. Let's start with the Chiefs. They rallied from double digits down to win another playoff game and another Super Bowl. What impressed you the most during last night's second-half rally? I mean, everything. I mean, uh, pretty much a flawless second half. I think uh, Patrick Mahomes' only incompletion was a, was a throwaway in the back of the end zone. I mean, four four drives, 24 points. Um, you know, brilliant execution there at, at the end, particularly by Jared McKinnon, you know, the presence of mind to, to, to go down uh, and, and, and not score. And, and just, you know, you're kind of seeing, I think, Bob, what, what maybe is, is the next iteration of this team. I mean, you know, Travis Kelsey's impact can't, can't be denied, but it was guys like Sky Moore and Canarius Tony and, and Pacheco who are, you know, all first and second year players that, that may be the ones that are that are carrying the torch alongside Patrick Mahomes well into the future. So uh, might might be uh, quite a glimpse of things to come. Yeah, I'll get to that part about the uh, the uh, you know dynasty thing here shortly. Andy Reid's play calling in that second half. How did that negate the Eagles' vaunted pass rush? Well, I mean, I think I think you saw like a lot of a lot of motions. You know, you, you saw the Pacheco. I think ended up with 15 carries, but most 
um, in the second half. And I mean, even even with the double digit lead, the Eagles didn't really have the opportunity to just, you know, use the old the old uh, cliche pin your ears back and come after Mahomes. Uh, you know, their uh, the offensive line was definitely crawling last night. You know, the Eagles had 78 sacks through I think 19 games and then did not get one last night. Um, and you just saw you know the, the play calling. You know, you saw that they found something. With the, the way the Eagles cover, you know, we're, we're, when guys go in motion, they tend to hand those guys off coverage-wise pre-snap. Um, and you know, when uh, both Tony uh, and uh, uh, Sky Moore, you know, went, went in motion and then, and then turned back the other way, uh, they were left wide open because uh, they, they weren't getting passed off properly uh, in coverage or, or accounted for. So you, you saw you saw a, a weakness exploited two times over there, um, and, and uh, you know. In many ways, it was the difference of the game. Patrick Mahomes, is there anybody historically that you can compare him to? I mean, you can compare him to Brady. I mean, just with the you know the the, the two rings. I mean, Brady had had the three rings. You know, his first six six seasons, I think it was. Um, Mahomes has has two. You know, Mahomes now the youngest guy surpassing Brady, youngest guy to start three Super Bowls. Um, but but I mean. They don't compare, you know, in terms of, of the physical talent, uh, the numbers that Patrick Mahomes put up, you know, his first uh, couple seasons, the two MVP awards for the first couple seasons. I mean, Tom Brady didn't become, you know, the guy, the MVP, uh, you know, the, the, the real the real person driving that during the dynasty, uh, really kind of until about year year um, seven as a starter. I mean, that was more of a defensive, um, you know, ground-oriented team when, when he first took over, so. Um, yeah, as I hear myself talking, I guess you, can't, you can't really just feel both from an individual and a collective perspective. It's really hard to to, uh, to compare Patrick Mahomes to anybody based on this, uh, this initial flurry of accomplishments. But you know, clearly Brady is, is the guy, um, even retired, that he, he's going to be um, competing against the rest of his career. And unfortunately for him, he's going to have that 0-2 record against him in the playoffs. Mahomes, just the way he plays, is there anybody that kind of reminds you of him or vice versa? Yeah, I mean, you know, we, I, don't, I don't know about the whole package. I mean, I, I see similarities with Aaron Rodgers with the ability to, to make plays on the move, to, to, to put balls in ridiculous windows, I mean, the, the, the whippy arm strength, but, you know, Mahomes has an extra level of, of pizzazz, I think, with, uh, you know, the, the, the no-look stuff, the over-the-head stuff, the left-handed stuff. I mean, just, just things that we've never seen, really, uh, on an NFL football field. So, um, I mean, I, I really do think he, in a lot of ways you have to say he's really kind of already distinguished himself uh, in, in a unique manner in NFL history. Um, uh, and really, you know, it's, it's cutting it off right now at this point in time, like in the Sandy Koufax kind of way, through five seasons as a starter, and certainly we all hope that there's a, there's a lot more runway for him to continue to, to, to carve out, you know, what could be, you know, an incomparable career when it's all said and done. I like the Sandy Koufax comparison. Very good. All right, Dave Davis from USA Today, currently in the sports zone. All right, the Eagles, let's uh, discuss them a little bit here. What could or should they have done differently in the second half? I mean, they didn't stop Mahomes. You know, you know, I mentioned that I think there were some some coverage issues, uh, but you know, I was at both playoff games in Philadelphia, and I think in some ways, I don't think the Eagles were were full of themselves. But I mean, I also don't think that they came into this game 
truly tested. I mean, I think I think you know if you, if you weren't really paying attention, you know, you saw a team that, that, that had rolled through two rounds of playoffs, winning game sixty nine to fourteen. But you know, the, the Giants were clearly overmatched. Um, you know, by a much better Philadelphia roster, and then you know they, they catch the Forty ers on a day when they had ten players in the field. So. Um, I, I, I don't think that the defense was ready to play a guy like Mahomes, but I mean, then again, I don't know, you know who it. I mean, Eagles didn't really face any kind of caliber quarterback like that this year, except for Aaron Rodgers, and obviously this wasn't a premier year for for, for him. Um, but you know, that being said, I mean, they're they're one or two plays from winning that game. Um, you know, certainly, I think the, the blame falls on, the, on a defense for, for for making some mistakes and. You know, you, you just, I do recall plays where you, your mind is kind of blown. The Travis Kelsey running three, three down the seam there, there uh, in, in the first quarter. But um, I think all the ingredients are here. And, and I, I mean, my, my real concern going into the game was how healthy and how effective really was Jalen Hurts going to be. Because, again, he wasn't a guy that had to mm-hmm. show a whole lot in those first two games. But, I mean, you have to say that I think that he was probably the best player in the field last night. In fact, that's where I'm headed next. Jalen Hurts, which stood out more, his on-field performance or his off-the-field demeanor and class? Yeah, yeah, that's who he is. I mean, you, you, you go to press conferences with him, and you, you also can't tell you know, if you didn't know better that, that they, they won the game. I mean, he's so low-key, even keel, looking ahead to the next thing, never seems too caught up um, in, in the moment, you know, I suspect. You know, I suspect there would have been a little gratification if they won the game, but I, I don't. I don't know how how crazy he would have gotten um, even then. But I mean, it sure looks like they've got the guy on their hands. You know, he's uh, eligible for a contract extension this offseason. You would think that, given the way the Eagles historically do business, that they are going to be very motivated to get that done sooner than later, rather than let the uh, you know somebody else like Lamar Jackson or. Justin Bur- or Joe Burrow, whoever, you know, set, set, set the market for them. But um, they, they appear to be in very good shape. And certainly, you know, a guy kind of record with 18 rushing touchdowns as a quarterback has a unique skill set. But he's, he's, he's definitely showing and did last night that he continues to develop as a passer. And, um, you know, I don't think that this is going to be a flash in the pan situation if that arc continues, you know, turning in the direction it is. The Chiefs' final drive, uh, third and eight from the 15. Should the flag have been thrown on Bradbury? Yeah, I mean, it was it was a penalty. I mean, you, you could say it was ticky-tack, uh, probably. But, I mean, you know, you saw the jersey get, get dug. Uh, I mean, it is what it is. I don't think anyone likes to see a game decided that way. But, uh, <laughs> you know, if you're a Kansas City fan and you see, see Juju's a, a, a jersey getting pulled. I mean, you know, there's nothing to say in the way, the way we talk about these games, you know, in this day and age, we're not complaining about a non call the other way. I mean, I, I, would I prefer to see it not called probably, but I don't, I don't have a, a huge issue with it, and particularly when Bradbury himself, you know, it, it, it makes yeah. that he tugged it. Talking uh, Super Bowl and post Super Bowl with Nate Davis from USA Today. All right. Uh, are the Chiefs the NFL's next dynasty is the headline above your story at usatoday.com today. Not to ruin uh, the story for those who haven't read it yet, but uh, how do you answer your own question there? Well, I mean, you know, three Super Bowls, four years, two of them wins, you know, best best player in the league. You know, we're already talking about, you know, possibly – you know, a player that, that, that's quickly, you know, going to gain entry into the NFL's Matt Rushmore. So, I mean, you, you 
got you've got the ingredients for it, and you've already got some of the accomplishments etched in stone. Um, you know, they got a couple guys they got to resign, you know, mainly left tackle Orlando Brown. But you know, again, I mentioned it. I mean, you know, this this you can already see that they're transitioning to the next phase um, with, with young players like Adarius Stone, Guy Moore, Isaiah Pacheco, Ben McDuffie. I mean, I mean, I mean, these guys are all first, second year players um, that, that you can see. Are, are going to carry this team down the road. They're going to be the primary supporting actors for Patrick Mahomes. And Travis Kelsey said last night, he, I don't think he has any plans of walking away anytime soon. And you know, even at his age, it doesn't seem like he's lost a, a step at all. So, um, and, and, you know, just given the way the AFC West is generally disappointed this year, uh, you, you know, you have to think the Broncos are going to be better just based on some, some bad luck losses and certainly having a much better coach in there this year. But, uh, you know, I don't know that this is the, the historically good division some people thought it would be going into the season. But, yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're right on the cusp of dynasty. Maybe some people in this day and age would even give it to them already, but I don't think the team is going anywhere anytime soon, Bob. So the second half, how important was that for Andy Reid's legacy? If they lose that game, he's like one and three in Super Bowl. So you know, he, he cemented his legacy, I assume, at this point. I, I think it's pretty cemented. I mean, I think it's, it's kind of quietly snuck up on people, maybe you would agree. But I mean, Andy Reid has more playoff victories than anybody except Bill Belichick. Uh, you know, only coach in NFL history with 100 wins with, with two different franchises. I mean, I think he needs eight more wins to surpass him. And Stram, and then he's, he's the winningest coach for two different franchises. Um, you know, very unique career for him. Certainly, I think having the two Super Bowl wins, uh, like you said, is a big boost as, as opposed to the one and three record. But, um, you know, even then, I mean, he, I think his legacy was pretty well written uh, in, in pen uh, and just amazing to, to think you know how, how much further he can go if he didn't win that first ring until uh, you know four, four years ago three, three years ago so um, more, more time for him to do it you know he said last night he doesn't plan on going anywhere I mean he keeps keeps, keeps him young his players love him um, I, I don't know if he's going to catch uh, Belichick, but you know, I think in some ways what he's done is more impressive, just given that he's done it with with two different franchises, and uh, obviously, you know, very fortunate to have Patrick Mahomes uh, as his main guy now. But we we've seen what he's done uh, with, with so many other quarterbacks and different styles of play, where where Belichick had the benefit of Tom Brady for for those two decades. So he, you know, I think again talking about NFL not Rushmore, he, he's on he's on the coaching version, I think, at this point. So you mentioned uh, a little bit about Hertz in his offseason, uh, you know, I wouldn't say situation, but uh, what's going on with him possibly in the offseason. What are some other storylines with the Eagles in the offseason, and how does that change if uh, Jason Kelsey opts for retirement? Well, I think there's uh, potentially more issues in the Chiefs. I mean, I, I have to study up on them a little more, but I think a lot, you know, Sirianni mentioned all week, you know, what a benefit it had been for him to have you know, four, four, ten-year vets, you know, all, all those years in Philadelphia on, on the two lines. We talked about Kelsey and Lane Johnson, uh, Brandon Graham, Patrick Hawk. Um, I, I don't know if any of those guys are going to be back next year with the exception of Lane Johnson. I think I think Cox and, and, uh, and uh, Graham both free agents, you know, guys in their, their mid-30s. Um, so, you know, there's there's definitely some, some turnover looking out there. You know, Miles Sanders is another guy that might lose in free agency, but 
given the age, given the way that Howie Roseman has managed to show that he can, you know, reload this roster, shift gears on the fly. You know, don't forget he did that deal last year left a lot of the scratch in our heads, but I mean, they've got two first round picks, you know, in this year's, year's draft. Um, I think one of them number 10. So, you know, they're going to restock, you know, they, they always manage their salary cap, you know, rather well, because they're one of those teams that tend to sign players to contracts early rather than waiting for them to, to, you know, get to the point where you have to give them top dollar. But um, it's just, it's a very well run organization. You know, it seems like they're set at quarterback for the long term. Uh, you know, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith was like two, two great solutions to wide receiver for, for many years to come. Um, and, and just given the state of the division, I mean, I think that they're going to be prohibitive favorites there for some time. Lastly, Nate, appreciate your time as always. Um, was there one play that maybe, uh, you know, a few years from now, when we look back at this game from last night that you're going to remember? Yeah, but I, I need to go back and watch the game. I think from a, like a TV standpoint, just kind of soak it in uh, and, and appreciate it from that standpoint, as, as opposed to kind of the, the chaos and emotion that you, you're, you're there watching the yeah. stadium while while trying to work. But I mean, to, to me, the the, the the real spark or the, the real thing to turn the tide was the Kadarius uh, Tony punt return, you know, the 65 yarder, which was a, mm-hmm. which was a Super Bowl record. Um, you know, in terms of like a, a signature play. Um, I think I think that probably is kind of it for me. I mean, it, it set up the, uh, the final the final Kansas City touchdown. Um, I think I probably do look at that. I, mean, I, I hate to I hate to really pin it on the Bradbury play. I mean, obviously, a lot of people think that's the pivotal one. Um, but you know, there's no, there's no guarantee either that that really changed the game. I mean, they're going to kick the field goal regardless. Obviously, the Eagles would have had more time to maybe mount mount the comeback. But you know, again, admire the way the Chiefs handled that situation by by like that you know. Him playing it smartly, so but but yeah, but the short answer is I think I think maybe that that, that Tony punt return to me was, was the big play of the game. Nate, great stuff as always. Thanks much. Have a good one. Okay, Bob. Thank you. Nate Davis, USA Today. Tremendous stuff there from Nate as always. Once again, check out his uh, you know much of his you know, tons of work, including the story today. If you go to usatoday.com like right now. Or I assume it hasn't changed in the last 45 minutes or so. Uh, are the Chiefs the NFL's next dynasty? Uh, the headline above uh, Nate's story today at uh, usatoday.com. So check that out. All right, next segment, phone call time. 602-260-1060. General discussion, whether it's the Super Bowl or, God forbid, there are other things going on in the world other than the Super Bowl, including in sports. Uh, but it's uh, up to you if you want to get in, 602-260-1060. Also, we'll try to get to some local roundup. The Cardinals uh, have another, at least last I heard, they have another coaching uh, interview scheduled for today. And uh, I'll kind of give you what we kind of sorted, I think, no. And I, that was uh, cleverly worded by me and accurately, I think. I think what we know about the Cardinals' coaching search to this point and then time pending in the next segment, we'll try to get to a little basketball from the weekend, whether it be the Suns, ASU, or the U of A. 602-260-1060 if you want to contribute. You're listening to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KS Lux HD 2 100.7. SB Nation Radio is now Sports Map Radio, keeping sports content fresh and fun. Join us right here on KDUS AM 1060.
It's time for today's local roundup. Welcome back to the Sports Hour with Bob Kemp on KDUSAM 1060 and KSLUX HD2 100.7. In addition to the local roundup, it is phone call time if you want to get in right now. General discussion 602-260-1060. And we will uh, get the phone calls if you want to get interrupt uh, any time in this segment. No problem. 602-260-1060. On to today's local roundup. The Cardinals expected to hire a head coach sometime this week, it appears. the uh, We think the three final candidates are uh, you know, Giants offense coordinator Mike Kafka, Eagles defense coordinator Jonathan Gannon, and Bengals defense coordinator Lou Anarumo. If Kafka becomes a head coach, there are reports for a few days now, and again, again over the weekend, that Vance Joseph's still under contract he would remain as the defensive coordinator. Meanwhile, the Suns, for a uh, they won for a fourth time to conclude their five-game road trip. The Suns' uh, big three, at least for now the big three, dominated throughout the 117-104 victory over the Pacers. That was all the way back on Friday night. Uh, the Pacers right now, quite frankly, might be the worst team in the NBA as currently constructed in their effort uh, after that game was questioned by head coach Rick Carlisle. Uh, the Pacers have lost 14 of their last 16 games after that contest. DeAndre Ayton had 22 points and 11 rebounds. Devin Booker uh, playing after he, of course, sat out the uh, Thursday night game, not playing back-to-backs yet. Booker had 21 points, Chris Paul 19 points. Hence, the big three is currently constructed. Personnel news, the Suns agreed to terms on a contract with free agent Terrence Ross. And uh, it finalized, uh, he finalized the contract buyout with Orlando and was reportedly choosing between the Suns and the Mavericks. Uh, so it would be interesting. How fun would be a Suns-Mavericks playoff series, by the way? You got Kyrie against Kevin Durant. Uh, meanwhile, Ross, he's a good player, and we liked him all the way back to the University of Washington days. He's averaged 11 points per game and shot 36.2% from behind the arc in 712 career regular season games. Also, he should also give the uh, Suns a uh, much-needed perimeter shooting presence. Uh, the Suns play tomorrow night against uh, the Kings. Uh, that's a home game as the Suns return home after the five-game road trip. I apologize, Kayla. Who am I going to here first? Doc Mike, what's going on? Good morning. What a game, hey. huh? Yeah, it's fun. <laughs> you know, the shortest line down at uh, the casino there by, was it, Crazy Horse, Wild Horse Drive? Yeah. The shortest line was us chief fans cashing in our tickets. Oh, well, that's okay. Well, the sports book was went to the bar. There was plenty of money on the Chiefs yesterday around this world, though. I'll tell you that. Well, I'll tell you what. I, for some reason, a bunch of gangsters probably came in. I'm from Chicago, and uh, okay. a lot of the fans there were from Philly. Okay. So, what did you get? What did you think of the game? What What stood out to you in that game last night? Well, here's the deal. I'm a trainer. Okay, and the uh, uh, the, the the talent that the Chiefs displayed is mm-hmm. a product of what we call oxygen-based training, or OBT. Okay. okay. The, the, the blood that they have oxygen in them. Fatigue is lactic acid. And okay. And it was the team with the most oxygen won that game. 
and it, it's been that way for centuries. Okay, so we appreciate it. Thanks much. Appreciate the call. Thanks. On to Vince. What's going on, Vince? Yeah, uh, Vince calling in, talking about the sons you mentioned, Terrence Ross. Uh-huh. And and what about the player from Oklahoma City? That they... uh, he's, a, he's a marginal piece, in my opinion. Uh, we'll see. I mean, he's a young player. Doesn't hasn't played much in his NBA career. Obviously, didn't even go to college, and so he, if he's a contributor to the Suns uh, at any point this season, that would just be a bonus. Why? Why would they do something like that? I, mean, uh, I think something had to do but, with salary. Salary, you know, the the, the salary oh. cap situation and the luxury tax and all that. So, yeah, Sarich was making money. And okay. uh, they they you know they certainly uh, you know, made out money wise in that trade for sure. So, and 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 Durant is supposed supposedly going to play after the All Star break. Supposedly, uh, yeah, he's not even going to have a local press conference if I got this right until Thursday. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, he had a setback. I mean, he was expected to be playing by now, at least according to the Nets updates. Uh, you know, two, three weeks ago, they thought he'd be playing before the All-Star break, and now it's after the All-Star break, and we'll see. Uh, obviously, as I mentioned earlier, he's been injured at least some in three of the last four seasons, as I mentioned earlier last week. Um, yeah. yeah, that's a big concern for me, but it does not appear to be a big concern for the Suns and the new ownership who were clearly playing to win this year, which is fine, but if they don't win this year... Uh, I just wonder, I can't imagine that this is uh, the health of uh, Paul and Durant. Uh, I don't think it's going to get any better as years go on here. So if they win this year and have a parade, congratulations, it worked. If they don't, then I think that uh, there's not going to be a parade route here anytime soon. No, and he's played 14 years. Yeah, but yeah, that's it's a little bit misleading because obviously okay. he played the one year in college, but uh, he has, and uh, yeah, he was actually you know, fairly injury free until you know the Golden State days. So, uh, but you know, he's had a lot of wear and tear. Not just you know, obviously he's been in the playoffs, but pretty close. Has he been in the playoffs every year of his career? Pretty close. Has, has he been to two Olympics? Uh, that's a good question. I don't pay attention to the Olympics, so I haven't watched that's the Olympics. Wear, that's wear and tear. It is. You're right. I mean, I haven't paid. You know, I'm the wrong person to ask about the Olympics. My apologies. And one other thing, the Golden State trade uh, yeah. with uh, that's Who knows? weird. That's well, really it's, weird. Well, it's weird in a lot of ways. Obviously, yeah. I'm guessing that they never. They. I think this kind of proves they never really should have let Peyton go to begin with. And yeah. we've talked about a lot of – we've talked to some NBA people as guests on this show and wondering, well, what's up with the Warriors? And Peyton's name has come up and him not being there a couple of different times. But, uh, yeah, there's some shenanigans going on there. And uh, to be honest with you, I haven't really got into that too deep as far as reading because we had the Super Bowl here last week. Right. And it was kind of taking all my attention. Okay. Thanks a lot, Bob. Okay. I apologize for that too. Sorry about that. I'll figure out the NBA. Uh, I'll have the NBA all figured out, so to speak, uh, by like April Fool's Day, possibly. That's uh, just kind of the way that the 
kind of the way that it works. I will say one thing that the Suns, after you know the road trip when they went four and one, uh, at least as of right now, they are fifth in the Western Conference standings uh, at thirty-one and seventeen. As I mentioned, they've won ten of the last thirteen games. Uh, the Nuggets, uh, if you kind of uh, been not paying attention for the last couple of weeks, have gone from you know tied with Memphis and battling for Memphis with the top spot. Uh, to running away with the West, quote-unquote. They have a a four-and-a-half game lead over Memphis right now. Memphis has lost seven out of ten games. And it's not like the Nuggets are ripping it up. They're only six and four in their last ten games. But, uh, you know, they are clearly, right now, uh, seem to have a comfortable lead as far as the number one seed in the Western Conference. Sacramento, the Suns play tomorrow night, sitting at number three in the seeding process at 32-24. and uh, Dallas is fourth at 31 and 27, and then the Suns are also 31 and 27. But Dallas has the season tiebreaker, uh, having won two of the three games this season against the Suns. All right, next segment we will wrap up the sports zone with some national roundup information. We'll get into the uh, one last time the Super Bowl last football line update as we look at the closing line from last night uh, from Super Bowl 57. I'll look at it in a couple of different ways, that closing line, and then we'll get into a few other national roundup items, including some news and a little college basketball that I already mentioned during the pipeline uh, from uh, yesterday afternoon before the Super Bowl. And then, of course, don't forget from 11 to 1 o'clock, we'll have tons more on the Super Bowl and Super Bowl analysis uh, in the Extra Point hosted by Kayla, so stay tuned for that. You're listening to Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and Cast Lux HD2 100.7. Turn those picks into gold. Wall-to-wall NFL coverage and the biggest stories coming to you from 3 to 5 p.m. The Rich Eisen Show here on KDUS AM 1060 and KDUS1060.com. It's time for today's National Roundup. Welcome back. Final segment of today's Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and Kiss Lux HD 2 100.7. We conclude... The sports zone with the national roundup. We start with a closing consensus line, kind of worldwide for Super Bowl 57. In Vegas, I think you can accurately say that the consensus line, at least in the state of Nevada, was uh, the uh, the Eagles went off at one point favorites. 51 and a half seems to be the prevailing total everywhere in the in the world for the most part. There were a couple of 52s that did pop up on Sunday. I did bang the 52-under. That was not exactly my finest moment as a sports better over the years. But I got the best number. Uh, but there were some ones out there yesterday in Vegas, including shops like the South Point, Circa. The Westgate did go off at one and a half. As far as offshore, it seemed like the uh, you know, there's a lot more a lot, a lot more uh, Chiefs money you know, offshore than there was uh, you know, basically uh, at least in Nevada. I'm not really sure what happened in Jersey, even though I'm guessing that that was a lot of Philadelphia money because the the proximity to uh, Philadelphia. Uh, But offshore was pretty much the closing line. Philadelphia, one-point favorite. Total at 51.5 in that that realm of things there. Meanwhile, the college basketball scoreboard, I mentioned uh, 
that uh, yesterday was not a super Sunday for the Purdue Boilermakers. Boo Booey had 26 points. Chase Adige had 15. Northwestern beat number one Purdue 64-58. An amazing finish to this game, as I mentioned earlier in the pipeline. Northwestern into the game on a 17-3 run. Northwestern had never beaten a number one ranked program in its history. They played several of them over the years. I will say one thing, though, is Northwestern in 1979-80, that particular season, uh, they uh, did beat Michigan State. It was the final loss of Magic Johnson's career, as it turns out. Michigan State ran the table and won the NCAA tournament after that. And also, uh, got to give a pop here for my best friend in life, Brian Jung, who played on that team for Northwestern. And uh, until yesterday, that was the greatest win in Northwestern in Northwestern history. And I was texting him yesterday during the second half of that game, and uh, now it's the second greatest win uh, in uh, Northwestern history when uh, he and uh, the Wildcats back in the day beat Magic Johnson and gave Magic Johnson and Greg Kelser and Jay Vinson and all those guys their final loss in college basketball. Rip for the headlines, the Jets have inquired about Aaron Rodgers uh, regarding his availability. Jeremy Fowler reporting that yesterday from ESPN. Meanwhile, Derek Carr will not accept a trade from the Raiders, according to Ian Rappaport of NFL Media. Carr has informed New Orleans that he will not approve uh, a trade to the Saints or any other team. He has a no-trade clause. And remember, we talked about this a couple times over the last uh, couple of weeks here and probably even back before that. Uh, He has a contract that kicks in $40.4 million in guarantees. That is as of Wednesday, February 15th. Meanwhile, former Cardinal Calais Campbell intends to play at least one more season. Campbell confirmed on Sunday that he'll return to the Ravens for the 2023 season. Basketball-wise, Zion Williamson has suffered, unfortunately, yet another injury setback. Williamson expected to miss several weeks after the All-Star break with a hamstring strain. Uh, That, according to Pelicans Vice President David Griffin, uh, former Suns executive David Griffin, who told the reporters that on Sunday, Uh, He's been out for some time now. In fact, he's now been out for 20 games. He suffered the right hamstring strain during a January 2nd loss to the Sixers. The Pelicans 6-14 since he was injured. That included a 10-game losing streak, uh, needless to say. That was finally recently stopped, but they've... Needless, uh, you know, needless to say, not surprisingly, gone downhill without Zion on the team. Hot stove a little bit here. Derek Jeter and Alex Rodriguez are teammates once again. That's right. Fox Sports announcing that uh, the Yankees shortstop is joining the Fox Network for the 2023 baseball season. I'm assuming, I didn't read deep into this story, but I'm assuming that's going to be a studio role. Uh, for Jeter at this point of his uh, young broadcasting career. Tonight in the NBA on NBA TV, Denver is at Miami. That's a 5.30 start. And uh, the Nuggets, as we mentioned earlier in this hour, the number one team in the Western Conference, uh, they are a one-point road favorite at Miami. Total in that game sitting at 219.5. Also, the Lakers are at Portland tonight, among other games. And the uh, Portland Blazers, a one-point favorite. Uh, LeBron has not played since he actually broke Kareem's record and may not play for the next couple of games at least because of an injury. College basketball tonight. 
Uh, Miami of Florida at North Carolina this is a very big game for North Carolina, which uh, you know think they're they're in the tournament right now, but they're flirting uh, with the bubble. And uh, Miami of Florida, a very good offensive team. They don't guard anybody. However, Louisville even scored like 80 points against them, and Louisville can't score against anybody. Uh, but North Carolina, five and a half point favorite tonight, hosting Miami of Florida. Uh, that game is on ESPN at five o'clock. The second half of the ESPN doubleheader is West Virginia, uh, which is really good at home and really not good on the road for the majority of this season, uh, which has been the case for several years, but even more so this year because the Big 12 is so good. But West Virginia is at Baylor. And uh, I have a uh, college basketball acquaintance and friend of mine who thinks that Baylor might actually be the best team in college basketball. Baylor is six and a half point favorite tonight against West Virginia, total 150, uh, 149 that game. Also tonight on ESPN2, Texas, who might also be amongst the best teams, one of the best five teams in the country, at Texas Tech. And Texas a five-point favorite in that game, actually down to four now, and I look at the current number here. Total in that game sitting at 145.5. All right, that's it for the Sports Zone for today. Stay tuned the next two hours. It's the Extra Point hosted by Kayla. We'll have much more on the Super Bowl. And phone calls, more phone call time, 602-260-1060. This has been the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp. Thanks very much for listening.